0: to Tarot for the Wild Soul, Deep Conversations and Tarot Medicine for your highest evolution. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Thank you so much for being with me today. Finally back on track with episodes. So sorry that, um, sorry again that <clears throat> there was such a big gap between episodes. Um, and as you may notice, I've got some allergies going on. My voice is not usually this deep um yeah gosh what to talk about i mean i'm going to be talking about the kings um we've moved into taurus venus is about to move into gemini um the difference in the experience energetically is really palatable um (coughs) Definitely, from my point of view, this Aries season was just so. The way that I really feel about Aries this year was that it was kind of like, it was like burdock. It was like stinging nettle before it's you know made into a tincture or a tea or an infusion. There was just it. The point of it was the sting, was the bitterness, was the depth um not necessarily um the smooth mellow <laughs> um yeah like it just was um really pure medicine and medicine does not always taste all that good um we've got a full moon in scorpio coming up in a few days promises to be extraordinarily powerful and is really i think a kind of a cap on all of the transformation that we've been going through. Pluto in retrograde, Saturn in retrograde, there's so much transformation continuing to happen. Now that we're out of Aries, the energy is just sort of a little bit more manageable, at least for me. Hopefully it is for everyone else too. Um, So yeah, today is a Wild Soul lesson. We're going to talk about the Kings, which ends our sort of court card uh, immersion, I guess, in this podcast. So, uh, the Kings. So once again, I want to remind everybody that the tarot never needs to be gendered. Sometimes that's important. Oftentimes it's not. And it's really important, especially with the Kings to remember that they are not, 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 not men. They don't have to be men. They're not necessarily men. We're talking about the role of king. We're talking about the idea of, in the motherpiece, this is the shaman. In the wild unknown, this is the father. We're talking about what and where we live in this idea of the highest voice of wisdom. And that, as so many of us know, is not always necessarily the man. So kings do not necessarily need to be men. We're really, um, it can be so healing, especially for for those in the world, in the community, those who practice tarot who do not identify with the gender, who consistently feel misgendered. Every time they work with the tarot or hear a lesson on the tarot, they don't have to be men. And in fact, even beyond that, we rob ourselves No matter how we identify man, woman, a person who identifies as neither, we rob ourselves of the full spectrum of power and embodiment that is our birthright around a card like this. All the kings are for us. They're not necessarily just sort of out there as like a dude or representative of your dad or your teacher or a higher person. No, it's you. The kings are the leaders. That is what makes a king in the tarot, in the court cards, different and unique to any other, um, to the queens, to the knights, to the pages, and really any other um, major arcana. We have a couple of major arcanas where we could identify them as kind of more people who are meant to come kind of up and out. We might think of the emperor in that way. We might think of the hero font in that way. Um, we might even think of the woman on the strength card that way. Anyone who's walking toward something in order to teach, experience, learn, all of that is related to king energy. So the kings are the leaders. They have absorbed and gained the youthful, intuitive idealism of the pages, that sort of humble, powerful, deep inquiry that the earth energy of the pages represent. They've embodied that. They've embodied the wisdom of the spectrum of movement that the knights represent. And they've also embodied the complete um, inner world that the queens represent, the queens are all about. We can really, I mean, we talked about the queens last week, but a perfect metaphor for like the intrinsic difference between the queens and the kings is if you think of the ocean and everything really above the surface on our earth land is a a king kind of energy and everything below the surface is the queen. And as we know, there are ecosystems, countries valleys, mountains underneath the ocean, many of them that have not even been touched or explored. So the inner world, what we talk about that is below the surface of the water, below the surface of the ocean. That's Queens. Above it is the king. And the only way to really get a balanced shield, to really be balanced in our not necessarily our power, but our autonomy and our soul work is to really hopefully have both. And whenever we pull a king, we can understand immediately that we've reached that state of balance, that it's not something that we have to attain. It's something that we're being asked to remember, you know, you've done this work. You have, you have a connection with the inner child, with the mover in you. You have a connection with what's under now. How can you take it out into the world to be of service? The Kings are here to be of service. They're here to lead. They're here to share. They're here to be among the people. They're not in there. I mean, technically you could say like, um, if we're going to look at the role of Kings quote unquote, up in their castle. They're sort of the figurehead. They're not really doing anything. That's not, you know, we want to, we want to try to always think of the tarot in terms of its usefulness. If we're looking at it as a tool for alignment and soul inquiry and, uh, evolution, and we don't have to think of it that way, but if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you're interested in looking at it like that, but, The kings, we want to think of them in terms of their usefulness. And that's why it's so important to divorce them from this idea of patriarchal, traditional male leadership that, again, we can even think of the president, of the office of the president of the United States, that is a figurehead but has many, many, many people under them, the attorney general, the vice president, etc., who sometimes carry more power or more weight or sometimes can appear to be kind of... um, puppeting behind the scene these kings in the tarot are um the a man of the people a person of the people someone who wants to go in it's the ideal ruler the ideal leader so that's the kind of space ultimately that's being held for us anytime we pull a king and it's great to be able to consider that and keep an open mind around that for ourselves so as a teacher of tarot the kings are usually the places where my students have the most confusion i have heard many people have received many questions in my day from my students like i i get the kings but i don't get it when i pull a king i don't know what to do with it i'm not sure how to interpret it i don't quite know what it means like what am i supposed to do with this so if you count yourself among that as someone who you know you get it you get the king you get you get it when you pull a king like you understand um you need only to keep this in mind anytime you pull a king you're being asked to take a part of yourself out out to someone else you're being asked to bring it forward to share it to actually be someone who acts in the world Service. And we're going to talk about the four different ways that we can quote be of service in terms of utilizing king energy. And we're going to start with the king of pentacles. So let's break this down. The kings are ruled by fire, which is really important to bear in mind. And you would think fire for a king, someone so balanced. But if you really think about it, fire is the absolute most volatile of the elements. And if there can be a mastery of the fire, we can cook our food, we can caretake, we can stay warm. There's a respect and an and a grounding. We we need all four elements actually to balance out fire. We need the earth to hold the fire up. We need the air, the oxygen to spark the flame. We need water to put the fire out eventually. So there. Um, I mean, we can also cover a fire, of course, but if we're thinking about sort of this elemental way, there's this really powerful energy that supports this idea that the king holds all of the different spaces for the pages, the knights and the queens that come before them. Fire really is held up by the elements under it. So when we think about a king being related to fire we're thinking about somebody who is able to bring their passion forward who's able to express themselves who's able to express their soul purpose their soul desire what they're here to do so the king of pentacles is fire earth so we're looking at somebody who has all of this vim and vigor all of this passion all this fire and yet it's rooted It's really grounded in a lot of control and a lot of thoughtfulness and a lot of practicality. The king of pentacles is someone who has a clear path, clear purpose. And anytime we pull this card, we're being asked to look at the long-range vision of why we're here, the big vision of why we're here. And that can come up in a couple of different ways. It can come up in a way where we're really kind of on a spiritual journey and looking more deeply at like, whoa, man, like my soul, or we're looking more at, whoa, I'm realizing I'm unhappy here in New York, or I'm unhappy here in LA, or I'm unhappy here in like Oklahoma, and I have a larger calling. Something's calling me that's bigger than what I'm feeling here, and I don't know what it is, but I do know that I need to take this next step in order to get there. And I need to take this next step in order to get there. The King of Pentacles asks us to bring actionable, earth-based, present moment steps in response to a larger calling. So for example, if you're feeling kind of burned out on where you live and you're feeling like you wanna make more contact with nature, etc your first step might be, might be, who knows, um, I want to really clear out some of my belongings and release and lighten my load so that if I'm drawn to travel or to go somewhere else or if life just sweeps me away to a different destination, I can go. And, you know, something about the King of Pentacles too is that it can, you know, the traditional definition of this is a man who's like got his shit together, he's got his money together together, He's rich, he's wealthy, um, he's living opulently, and he can like take care of you. That's the idea, is that, and that's not inaccurate. It doesn't always equal riches, money, et cetera. But it's someone who's got their feet on the ground around their larger path, why they're here, what they're doing. So if you pull the King of Pentacles in a reading. It might feel esoteric, but really all we need to do is look around us presently. What are you doing today that supports your greater vision on earth? What are you doing today? Is it in alignment even at all to what you are here to do, want to do, are drawn to do? If you're wanting to be in Hawaii, like planting herbal medicine and doing like, let's say permaculture as my beautiful friend, Jeff Henshaw, Trash Canyon was doing for a little while in Hawaii. Looking around at your life currently, as opposed to the one that you're desiring is a really important wake up call. And that's what the King of Pentacles is here to do. He's here to help ground the fire, put it in more practical terms, What are you doing in your life? And let's even take it out of the realm of like, oh, being swept away to Hawaii. If you receive the king of pentacles, it's time to take an inventory of your dreams. Do you want to be like, let's just say, um, opening up your own um, store, your own shop, your own beauty, whatever, you know, do you want to open up something, manage it, run it? And have it be completely successful. Do you want to divorce your partner? Do you want to step more fully into your gifts? The king of pentacles will come to you to say, okay, I'm here for you. I need you to kind of step into my feet and embody me and think practically around, allow me to guide you practically, balancing that earth with that fire, tempering that dream in a way that allows you to make more use of it and let's think about the first steps that we can take in service of getting you there i'm going to come in and i'm going to help you take an inventory i'm going to help you look at the present moment versus the larger moment so in a way kind of oddly the king of pentacles has this like teeny little family tree connection with wheel of fortune because that's also what wheel of fortune does wheel of fortune in in a kind of a different way it's sort of like um It's sort of like comparing, um, mm, I don't know, kind of like an apple pie to an apple. Like there's something in there that maybe when you taste them, you're like, oh, yeah, apple, of course. But an apple and an apple pie is really different. The Wheel of Fortune is a an experience, a teaching, an invitation to ground into resting while change is happening. And what we're called to, quote, do in an energy like that is to pause and look around presently and say, okay, well, if change is coming, and if I can't do anything about it, and if I don't know what kind of change is approaching at all, then the only thing I can really do is like paint my house. And the only thing I can really do is like go to the dentist and get those cavities filled. And while I'm busy doing the things that I've needed to do for a while but have not been able to because I've been so distracted or swept into the future, um, while I'm busy doing that, the larger wheel can turn really expeditiously and my turn on the Wheel of Fortune will be really smooth, really graceful, and really abundant. There's actually a trick to the Wheel of Fortune in terms of experiencing it in a really positive way, in a really fruitful way. The King of Pentacles is a little bit like that, too. And the King of Pentacles will come in as sort of an advisor guide to say, "Okay, here you are. Here you are. Here's your dream. Here's your vision. Here's your hope. Now, what are you doing currently to move closer to that or further? And it'll help you, you know, get further or closer away. In terms of the leadership, this is the first step towards someone's mastery, someone who is available and able to say, okay, this is what I want eventually. This is what I'm aiming toward. Now I'm going to really be courageous and I'm going to claim that. If you want to be a tarot reader like full time and you pull like, let's just say, um, and, and that's even like whatever your dream might be. And you pull the king of pentacles. If we're talking about the king of pentacles relating to leadership, it is really fucking bold to be able to say and to be able to honor, yeah, I'm quitting my day job and I'm going to really give this a shot and I'm really going to move into this and I'm going to say yes. And that takes a lot of courage. Sometimes we don't realize that because if we're living in a city where we're really lucky to be surrounded by soul family who, who get it, who really respect that level of hustle and of honoring of soul dreams, and we don't always get the reflection from others that that could be ridiculous or it could be unwise or it could be insane. So King of Pentacles has this beautiful sense of leadership that can show itself in many different ways. Another way that King of Pentacles can show up for us, um, and this is way more subtle, and it is dependent on where you are in your journey, but it can come up this way. Let's just say, upon you listening to this, that you're someone who identifies yourself as being very successful. Maybe you've really attained a goal, maybe you're like, quote, a big deal, who knows, Maybe people think you're a big deal or maybe you're actually a really big deal. Maybe you're actually like famous and you've attained this huge thing that most people would die to attain or want to attain or you did it without even really thinking about it or maybe you worked your ass off. The king of pentacles can also show up as a moment when someone who is at that level of attainment could coast, could continue to just do their thing, coast, play it safe but they want more they want to do something different they want to do something that challenges them maybe they even want to take a break maybe they want to do something totally different maybe in the midst of being so completely in demand they take a break they pull I mean they're like one uh example that I can think of that really rings really powerfully in my mind is Dave Chappelle. When Dave Chappelle chose out of respecting himself, out of this desire to uncouple himself from all of the feelings and all of the experiences of being on this speeding train in many different ways of his stardom and of being on the Dave Chappelle show, walked away and like moved to a farm with his wife and just needed to get back to him. That's an example of... King of Pentacles. That's an example of somebody who honors the larger call, not just the present call, but the larger call by taking present moment action. If we're in Dave Chappelle's position, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can Google it. But if we're in a position like Dave Chappelle at the top of our career, and all of a sudden we want to walk away because we know that it's out of alignment for us, if we're there as he was, If you're thinking long-term, you're both considering the scary aspects like, oh, could this ruin my life, my career? We're also thinking, when I'm on my deathbed, am I gonna feel like I betrayed myself for not saying yes to this? And if we're there, we wanna notice, well, what am I choosing to do today? What's different about today than it is by tomorrow? So if you're in something established, And even if people think like, whoa, you're the best, most established, whatever, the king of pentacles can come as a really powerful shakeup to be able to say, even though you are rooted, grounded, and all this is going good, does not necessarily mean that you want it. It doesn't necessarily mean that now that you have it, it's making you happy. So can you drop in, consider, is this making me happy? You know? So 25 minutes later, that's the king of pentacles. So that's an example of how that card can be thought of or utilized in a really holographic way. And by the way, you know, I say this before, I'll say it again. This is only foundation because the court cards are as individual as fingerprints and your deck may be different. Your concept may be different. This is a foundation that you can always return to with them. The King of Cups is somebody who can take on great leadership in help and in service. The King of Cups is somebody who can hold space for others and themselves. And in doing so, they're able to serve, caretake, hear, honor many different people. Um, we may not always feel like we're ready to take that on in the King of Cups, but if the King of Cups shows up, it's about answering a uh, like almost a dharmic duty. Um, I remember uh, Ruby Warrington sharing with me that when she was looking for someone new to do the tarot scopes for the numinous a couple of years back, she pulled cards for a couple of different folks and pulled King of Cups for me, which is why she asked me to do it. Um, and at that time, that helped me make the decision to to do that because I didn't particularly want to be on camera in a weekly basis. And I wasn't sure that, um, like I had what it took to, to, to write like that every month. And so, um, upon hearing that, um, it helped me make that decision because King of Cups is sort of a little bit, um, it's, it's just connected to this bigger sense of service that's not really about you. <laughs> it's, it's totally about you, but it's also not about you. It's about um, being able to hold um, and serve folks while also not being drained yourself. So there's this beautiful ability that King of Cups um, experiences or, or folks have and i i don't think that i'm a king of cups person by the way like it, it i don't even think it works that way it, it is always changing but if we're being asked to embody that energy around a certain situation it's an opportunity to know that you will be fed and others will be fed so it allows us to elevate and i would say that the tarot have been one of the greatest ways for me to, like a lot of people know me from that and didn't know me before. So just by saying yes to service, um, your work becomes elevated. You become heard. And, um, that's also, if we're going to take it out of the context of like quote healing work, um, you can be somebody who helps the person who just stepped in and stopped the shooter at like the waffle house. Huge. I have to, um, look his name up. And I'm going to be doing that on air. And I'm sorry that I didn't remember it off the top of my head. Um, the, like that is an example of somebody who is James Shaw, Jr. That's an example of King of Cups. Somebody who doesn't understands that by stepping in to be of service, to help, they are also being fed in one way or another. It can be in completely different contexts. We're able to be held while holding other people. That's a leader. That's ultimately a leader who serves and who helps. Now, King of Swords is a leader who helps by speaking. So there are a myriad of different examples for that. Dr. King, Malcolm X, even Elizabeth Warren Anybody who is a person who speaks when other people would prefer to stay silent is embodying the King of Swords. The King of Swords is fire air who has a truth inside of him, a knowing, something that must be spoken that starts in the heart and comes out through the throat, period. It's incendiary. It's powerful. It often ignites um, really powerful feelings, experiences. People often wildly agree and are, you know, excited and invigorated and it pisses some people off. And that's King of Swords energy. and that's really how you know you've told the truth. And King of Swords, that's the deal with the King of Swords and ultimately like the clearest bell of this card is that it is, an experience whenever we pull this card where we're being asked to share and tell the truth. We're being asked to offer our truth and we're being asked to speak a truth that we would rather not speak because we're afraid, you know, because telling the truth is really hard. But if we're in King of Swords energy, we have something to share that can only come through us And it can be, you know, I mentioned um, two incredible, uh, transformative public speakers, these men, educators, um, people who stood up profoundly for the rights of people of color, um, Dr. King and Malcolm X. Um, Elizabeth Warren was one of the first people in 2008 to speak out against the banks. That's a completely different energy. But. I recall her being on The Daily Show. I mean, she just went wherever she could in order to have people understand um, when the economy crashed, what was going on, who was at fault, and why. And I remember her very honest answers when Jon Stewart would ask her things, and she said, you know, I don't know, or, you know, whatever. So the truth can take a form that's really different your truth could not necessarily burn down houses. It could just be you sharing your medicine. So when King of Cups, or so sorry, when King of Swords comes up for us, like, let's just say, like, I okay, I'll speak for myself again. Sometimes, you know, I am a lot of the time, like, not many people understand this fully about me, how introverted I am. And how much alone time I require, it's big. Um, And I'm a very hermetic person by nature. I like to talk and I like to connect, but I need huge amounts of space away after I've done that. So um, not even like energetically, just I've always been like that. And sometimes I'm called to take time away. And I don't really have anything to share or say where I'm doing my work and whatever the next thing that I'm called to share is percolating. It just happens to be moving through me uh, in a formless way. And I know that I'm being called or I'm going to feel ready to kind of offer a course, a class or come back to the podcast after maybe a little hiatus or something um, when I pull the king of swords, always. Um, it's just this element of uh, communication really coming from this place where we can't hold it inside anymore. So for anyone who pulls this card, if you do, whether it's coming out to your parents, speaking a truth about yourself that three people here that totally changes your life, or you're reaching the amounts of people that Dr. King reached – whatever it is, and anything in between, it just means that you have a truth inside of you that no one else can share that you're being called to share. And it's that it can really be that simple. So we want to search our hearts. What do we want to communicate? That's what we do when King of Swords comes up. And King of Wands is kind of the most fun King to me, I always really enjoy, like, I, I like hanging out with with King of Swords, King of Wands a lot. Um, He like brings good orders to the party. Um King of Wands is double fire and is the guy or the being that you want on your team when you're doing a project, when you're opening, he's a trailblazer. That's what this card is all about. The King of Wands is a trailblazer. He doesn't care if if no one's done it. He doesn't care what you think. He's going for it. He's not afraid. He is willing to put himself on the line to look like a fool. King of Wands, I think, is what you'd get if you blended together the fool, the magician, the emperor, and <sighs> probably um, the Sun, because there's something about the King of Wands That like we can think of a lot of different examples. Obviously, Walt Disney uh, is a very troubling figure for anti-Semitic views, but Disney World and his vision for these characters and these movies and are extraordinary and very centered in King of Wands energy. Um, Steve Jobs, total King of Wands complete and total um, Octavia Butler, her vision of her books and of this world of all that she wrote about. um, Even uh, like many authors, like um, you can say JK Rowling too, having the vision for Harry Potter in her head. And all of those folks are little teeny examples of what it is to be trailblazers insofar as conjuring something. The king of wands is a conjurer and a very hard worker and a badass and somebody who's able to take their vision and bring it out into light. So it takes the chutzpah and the moxie and the courage and like the total risk of the fool, and it takes all that the magician is, and it takes the emperor to to have this vision and stand in front of people and say, "Hi, I have this vision of like a phone that can fit in your pocket, you know, and can do everything for you." And it takes the sun to be able to start something new, to be able to create a whole new paradigm with what we're doing, which is really what the sun is about—about about seeing things differently. And that was the Microsoft. Um, like that was the, uh, think different, think differently. That was the, um, motto of Macintosh at the time when Steve Jobs was working there. And there's something really powerful with that. So when we pull it, what are we being asked to do that requires no fucks? What are we being asked to do that requires us to, Take a leap into the fire, defend our vision, honor ourselves, say yes. Say yes to the higher vision of who we are. What are we doing? What are we being asked to do? That is what it's all about. When we look at King of Pent or pff, Jesus. I always do that. King of Wands. What are we being asked to blaze forward and offer? And those are the kings. So the four different ways that we can show up as leaders is in the care and service of others to really be a presence for healing and change in the King of Cups, to create, conjure, envision, and execute whole new worlds in the King of Wands, to take creative, cooperative control over the expansion of our futures to be in alignment with the earthly manifestation and unfolding of our future in the King of Pentacles and to speak our truth in a way that changes people and transforms the world in the King of Swords. This is all in many ways, different kinds of examples of what it is to live in alignment with all of our elements and in the most aligned fire that we can. So those are the court cards. I'm excited to talk more about some different cards next month. Um, And actually, um, I'm going to be teaching a court card uh, immersion online in the summer. It's part of the Wild Soul Summer School. <laughs> um, it's an online four-week course about, oops, about these archetypes, and <clears throat> we'll go way deeper than we did in these episodes, and help people to really embody and understand them, and practice them in all kinds of different ways. So that's actually starts in july it's up on my site and if you're interested (laughs) the sirens like could not be louder they're like in my apartment you know i just moved i moved across the street which is hilarious but um not really like directly across the street but i'm still in the same neighborhood that i was and uh We're up higher, and I was so sure that I would not hear the sirens, and they're exactly the same. They're just still a part of this journey that I'm on. And obviously it's New York, but the sirens are really close. But anyway, yeah, the court card immersion is just going to be happening live over Zoom, so you can do it from anywhere. And if you're interested, it's up on my site, but it doesn't start till July. Um, I didn't really – I literally came up with the course – like yesterday. So I didn't think upon doing this little series on my podcast that like it would parlay so nicely into a course, but you know there you go. Uh, so if you're interested in that, that's up. I'm also going to be doing an immersion, like a big class on the swords in a couple of weeks actually. So that's also up on my site if you're interested and if the swords have always kind of fucked you up. The aim of the class will be for – to unfuck you with the swords. That should have been what I called it, actually. I regret that now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so even if you don't take the court card class, I hope that this helps you to feel a little bit more in tune with them. And, you know, to leave you on this uh to leave you on this episode, um, if you're still thinking to yourself, well, okay, that was so great that Lindsay talked about all the court cards, but I like, still don't get it. I have, you know, I want to just gently say that I don't know that you're supposed to. I think that the um, perception of like getting the tarot is a false one. I think it's a relationship that you're building your whole life. And if you don't quote get it with any one of these court cards, if you're still learning, let that be there and let it be rich. Let it be a rich part of your experience with them. If there are some cards you don't understand, great. There's still some cards I don't understand. You can understand them in, you know, we have all kinds of different relationships. You can have a friend that you adore that comes around for tea, but, or you can have a family member who you really love and you, you understand them, but you're not as intimate as you might be with like your grandma or your auntie or your mom, that's fine. But if you want to learn more about your core cards, you got to use them. You have to practice. That's the only way that you can ever really learn. It's the only way that anyone can ever really be taught what these archetypes are is if you are in relationship with them, allowing yourself to be in relationship with them. And it doesn't require you to be anything. You don't have to be someone who identifies as an intuitive a full-time healer, you don't have to have Reiki certification, you don't need to have any of that. It's really just an embodiment of a willingness to get to know your deck, to get to know these archetypes, to listen. And if you can offer yourself that, that courtship, then you're going to have a relationship with these bad boys that are going to develop over time that no one can take from you, that you never have to attribute to another teacher. You never have to say to yourself, well, Lindsay said this, or, you know, Rachel Pollack said that. Like, fuck what we said, really. You know, ultimately, a teacher of tarot or any author of tarot teaches what they perceive, hopefully in the most general, generous, soul-centered way they can, and then they throw it away. It's for people to throw away. And say, okay, great, I'll keep what works, I'll leave what doesn't. But even if I keep what works, what do I think? What do I think? And if you got that, you got everything. So, yeah. If you're going to do anything for yourself, especially with your court cards, um, get to know them, you know? It's like if they were your kids, no one knows your kids better than you you're the parent so you can read all the books on child care in the world you can listen to your doctor and it's great to do all of that but ultimately i think the way that we really connect with the people that we're closest to is if we kind of drop the book and just listen so you know hopefully this helped but i also hope it helps you to drop the book and just listen so on that note <laughs> um I will leave you. I and I wish everyone listening to this the happiest and most fruitful of new moon, of I'm sorry, full moons and powerful Scorpio. Um and yeah, oh next week um there will be not only a new monthly medicine for the month of May, but there will be a new sacred wheel all about Beltane and the energy of the month of may i'm very excited for this one it's going to be beautiful so if you're interested you can go to lindsaymack.com slash the sacred wheel and if you're not that's cool too so anyway thank you as always for listening and i will see you talk to you connect with you next week